How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for the episode of Hot Takes with CP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penling, coming to y'all live on Wednesday, May 4th, 2022. I am joined by Ben Gorwood. Ben, say what's up to the people, man. What's going on? What's going on? Ben, glad to have you back on once again, man. Um, like we said uh, in the podcast prior to the NFL draft, guys, there's no point in me and Ben sitting on here and doing for y'all a 15-pick mock draft like we've done in the past. We knew we'd be completely wrong, and we would have been completely wrong, Ben. So <laughs> I think we would have done decent about up to pick number like five or six, and then after that, it have been a complete shit show. Honestly, I didn't even really make like a practice mock draft or anything, so I really can't tell y'all how mine would have been overall. But anyway, glad to be back on here once again, guys. On today's podcast, we're talking strictly NFL draft me and Ben have picked out what we think were the biggest topics and the most important things that went down in the draft. And we're going to kind of talk about how we think these things are going to affect our upcoming NFL season. Ben, let's start things out, man. Our Falcons, big draft for our Falcons. We saw them take a quarterback for the first time. And I believe it 15 years. If that was how long we had Matt Ryan, I think it was 14 or 15 years. One of the two. Um, it's kind of cool. Actually, yesterday I listened to the Ryan Russillo podcast. He had Matt Ryan on there. So it was cool to hear Matt Ryan's perspective of everything. One of the best. Pro- he's one of the honestly the most professional people, I think, in all of sports. Just listening to him talk. He's so funny. Yeah, he is funny. too. Like, that's the thing about Matt. Dude, Matt Ryan is such a well-spoken guy. Like, even people I know that work with the team and that work for the team and stuff, I've never heard a single person say anything bad about Matt Ryan. I'll be like, who's the coolest person on the team? Every single one of them says Matt Ryan. Like, I'm like, damn, you wouldn't expect that. Honestly, you'd expect some, like, rookie or like somebody like Cordell Patterson, you know, to be like the coolest guy, not Matt Ryan. But anyway, he, Matt, Matt Ryan went on Pat McAfee show as well. And he was uh-huh. so funny on it. Oh yeah. That's that's see, that's just the type of guy he is, man. That's why I was so sad to see him go. And like, I hope the best for him. Honestly, I was glad that we got Matt Ryan out of there. Like I said, he deserved better than sitting around losing games on that shitty team. But anyway, guys, let's talk about what the, what our Falcons did in the draft. So obviously with our first pick, the Falcons, um, Ended up drafting Drake London, wide receiver from USC. Um, next pickup, we actually went over the defensive side of the ball. We drafted a defensive end from Penn State. Ben, you know how to pronounce this guy's name? Because I sure don't. Not really. Arnold, we're going to call him Big E, but he's Arnold Ibitakati. Um, our other second round pick at 58, we drafted Troy Anderson, linebacker from Montana State. In the third round, we traded both our picks to move up and get Desmond Ritter. And then we also used – I forget what picks we traded, but we also used another one on um, D'Angelo Malone of Western Kentucky outside linebacker. In the fifth round, we drafted Tyler Algier, running back from BYU. And in the sixth round, we would Justin Schaefer, guard from Georgia. And then also in the sixth round, we took John Fitzpatrick, tight end from Georgia. Ben, let's start things off. Let's talk about the Drake London pick. What did you think about it? Was was it the first round pick you wanted to see? How do you think he's going to do? What do you think about it? So when we did a podcast a couple weeks ago, uh, ranking our offensive weapons, uh, he was number one in my book. And he was number one because of how highly everyone else was talking about him. Um, so I, I can't say I hate the pick if I ranked him number one, right? That just mm-hmm. wouldn't make sense. Um, listen, he has a ton of size. He is six four six five possibly close to six six so it's pretty clear that the last the two first round picks under this new management which was Pitts and uh drake london and then they brought over is it auden tate is that how you pronounce the yeah auden tate he played at florida state all three of those guys are very very tall human beings so 
They like the they like the catch radius of all three guys. They like the size, they like the physicality of all of them. Listen, was he my favorite receiver? No, um, but he produced in college, and he in his his uh, competitive catch radius was great. 50-50 balls was great. That pairs well with Pitt. So, um, you know, I texted you before the draft, like you were asking me about the quarterbacks of like, wh- what do I like from a quarterback? I'm just fine with loading up on the uh, skill positions and weapons and just getting an average quarterback, just get the ball out to these guys. And if they want to go that route, I'm not going to complain about it. Yeah, no, I see. I'm with you on this one, Ben. I know I saw a lot of Falcons fans are hating on the draft pick. I was like, me and you both texted each other back and forth instantly. I was like, dude, I kind of love the pick. You're like, yeah, I kind of like it too. Obviously some of our other friends are hating on the pick, but I mean, realistically Falcons fans, there's nobody we were going to pick at this pick that would have changed the outcome of this upcoming season. They're going top five next year. Yeah, let's put it this way, guys. We're going to be in the top five next year, if anything, with a young quarterback at Desmond Ritter and then a young quarterback we could potentially bring in next draft, which I'll get to here in a second. They're going to need somebody to throw the freaking ball to. Auden Tate, I think his name's like Cordero Hodge, something like that. I don't even know how to print it. I can't even remember what it is. That's how bad this uh, the other guy is. Uh, Alameda Zacchaeus. I mean, obviously Pitt's the beast, but outside of – I mean, Drake London, though, is what we need. Like you said, we're building a big physical football team. I think Drake London, I mean, he's the best wide receiver in this. He has that basketball versatility. We've seen how much the guys who played who played basketball, you know, in like college and high school, how well they're able to translate, how well they can go get the football and stuff. I think Drake London was the perfect pick first overall with the Falcons. And I think it's a good move to get our offense going a little bit. The second pick, um, defensive end from Penn State, don't know too much about him. All my Penn State um, people that I know, I texted and asked them what they thought about it. They said the guy's an absolute beast. What I do know is the Falcons by far had 10 less sacks than the second worst team in the NFL last year sack-wise. We need anybody we can possibly get in there at edge. I mean, we've had some flops. Hopefully, I mean, if he's half as good as any – if he's half as good as a decent defensive end, I'll take it at the end of the day. We need something there. Um, actually, here's something interesting for you guys. So the third round pick we took – or sorry, our set, our third pick, the second pick of the second round, uh, Troy Anderson from Montana State. Kyle Pitts might be the unicorn of football, of football, but he actually might be more of a unicorn than Kyle Pitts is. This guy had thirty three. Uh, he had thirty three touchdowns playing running back at Montana State. He also played quarterback and played linebacker. This guy plays every position on the field. A linebacker, you know, there's one of the. I see you're the quarterback of the defense. This guy's probably a high intelligence guy who can point a lot of things out on there and make a lot of play calls for us and stuff. So I think it's a decent pick. I mean, he's from Montana State, so we had to have seen something we liked. Apparently, he went off in the Senior Bowl, and that's where a lot of people got their looks at him. But I actually think the pick that's the most interesting, Ben, let's talk about here. What do you think about the Desmond Ritter pick? Listen, I don't hate it. Uh, I know I know you are going to feel differently about it. Um, obviously, he's got to work on his accuracy, but – he played in a lot of games in college football. He won a lot of games in college football. He brought his university to the highest point they've ever been at program history. Okay, did he look bad against Alabama? Yeah. He didn't look that bad against Georgia in the in the year before in the bowl game. Now, listen, Georgia may not have tried as hard in that bowl game. They probably didn't care about it as much, especially as Alabama did because that was a semi, national semifinal game last year. Georgia had – almost every single guy that just got drafted on that team. So he's played against good competition. He was, he was pretty good against Notre Dame. Obviously the defense was the biggest factor of them beating Notre Dame this year, but 
Ritter doesn't turn the ball over very much. Uh, there was some stat about throwing the ball 20 yards down the field. He has the lowest turnover rate out of any quarterback in college football last year or something like that. Look, he's competing with Marcus Mariota. Like, it, I still think if the Falcons have a top five chance next year and there's Stroud and there's uh, Bryce Young, I, I, I still think the Falcons should draft a quarterback. But I don't think Ritter is like that bad of an option. Listen, there was only one quarterback picked in the first round. That means everyone in America was duped on Malik Willis because no one, no NFL GM actually believes in Malik Willis. He wasn't even the first couple picks in the second round. So um, this kid was, he was like top 10 projected by a lot of people. So there clearly isn't that big of a difference between the rest of the field. Now, I don't know what the big difference is between Pickett and everyone else. Maybe he's the hometown kid factor that Pittsburgh liked. I, I don't know. But I don't think there's much separating in, in GM's eyes between Ritter and Willis. I mean, the Falcons could have had Willis. Yeah. Um. You know, look, I hated the pick at first. I'm not going to be a hater, you know. Why not? You know, we're already going to suck as it is. Why hate on, the, hate on the pick? Look, I actually think taking Ritter, though, is a smart pick. Don't get me wrong. I would have taken Willis over Ritter. Obviously, you said the accuracy things, which I think is huge. I think that the accuracy, you know, is something that – That's like, both of them, though. Yeah. Like you said, like, I mean, look at t- what Tennessee did with Tannehill. Like, the, there was a specific quote from Arthur Smith where that he said his biggest thing with his quarterback is he wants somebody who's going to be accurate. I think that – you know, that was why they went to Tannehill over Mariota and why he was successful in his offense. I mean, when you look at the offense we're building, it's a lot like the Tennessee offense, you know, like – Kyle Pitts obviously is a much better version of Johnny Smith, but remember he used to throw the tight end a ton. This time we got Delaney Walker. Didn't he used to be in? Yeah, exactly. Delaney Walker was a beast. And then like, look again at wide receiver, AJ Brown, big physical wide receiver, Drake London, big physical wide receiver. You know, like it's the exact same thing. Tyler Algier led college football last year in broken tackles. Now he's our starting running back. I mean, you probably won't be right away. Say that again. Didn't he lead the, didn't he lead division one football in touchdowns as well? Yeah, I think he did. I mean, Algier's a beast. You know, I like the Algier pick, too, because he's going to have a year to grow in the offense, you know, so if he's actually a beast and next year when we're going to be more competitive, he could have a big season. But anyway, um, with the Ritter pick, you know, look, I think it's a smart pick for the Falcons to have taken a quarterback. Think about it. If Ritter actually pans out and is going to be the quarterback of the future, we're going to be in the top five picking again, and we're not going to need another quarterback. So, one, we could either be set up perfectly to land Will Anderson, who's going to be the freak of nature to change our defense, or two, team's going to want to trade up for a quarterback, and we can get three, two, three for – I mean, look at how crazy these trades are. We can get a ton of first-round picks and build our entire franchise for the future. So, if anything, I think getting – it's kind of like what the Texans did with Davis Mills. You know, it's like buying a, a lottery ticket, you know, or it's like placing a parlay, you know, you – you have the chance to win big and you can also just as easily lose, but your losses are a lot less, you know, rather than if you had used that first round pick on Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett or Desmond Ritter there, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much he's going to play much this year. Mario is definitely the starter of this team. I just think by the time we're eliminated from the playoffs, you might as well give Ritter some, some time, but we'll see how they do it. Um, this isn't a situation where like Ritter can run and Mariota can't. Like Mariota's a better yeah. runner than Ritter is. So I don't I don't know where Ritter fits in his rookie season. He's athletic though. Yeah, but he's not a runner like Mariota. Um, no, I do agree with you that. I, but how about this? I don't know if they have a real over under or not on this in Vegas. I'm gonna make one up for the sake of the show. I'm gonna put it at twelve and a half. Over under twelve and a week twelve and a half 
or 12 and a half games deep, do you think that Mariota will be starting that game 13 or Desmond Ritter? I would hope at that point it's Ritter, knowing what I think the Falcons' record's going to be. <laughs> knowing what I think the Falcons' record's going to be, I think it's going to be Ritter as well. And, look, I'm going to be honest. We saw Matt Ryan get murdered behind that line. We know Mariota's not going to throw the ball away as quick as Matt Ryan does. Sometimes he's going to hang on to it, try to make the extra play. I'd be shocked if Marcus Mariota's still 100% back there by week uh, 13. So, Let's put it this way, though, Ben. I'll, overall, I thought it was one of the better drafts the Falcons had. I mean, when you pick that high, though, it's hard to have a bad draft. Anything else you want to add to it? No, I don't think most of these guys are going to impact the team in year one. The, the, the rest of the roster is atrocious. Yeah, I'd say my only beef was I really wanted to take David Ogunjobi, the Michigan linebacker or defensive end or whatever he is. I would have been fine with even trading up for him. I mean, we're going to suck. That guy was a top 15 pick in the draft if he didn't get hurt on his pro day. I thought that he would of course have been a great he landed with Baltimore. Yeah, of course he landed with Baltimore. Um, we'll talk, we'll revisit them here in a little bit. Let's let's go back though to what you brought up earlier and stay on the topic of quarterbacks. What do you think, Ben? Should the Steelers have gone with the pick they went with with Kenny Pickett, or should they have taken Malik Willis? I think if they viewed them as the same quarterback, I think it was an easy decision for them to go with Pickett, hometown kid, played in the stadium already, mm-hmm. used to the conditions. I, I said it on podcast a while back with you. People are raving about his hands, this and that. Well, he can clearly play in Pittsburgh weather. He just threw 50-something touchdowns and literally on Heinz Field. So um, I, I think unless they viewed Malik Willis as, as the overall better quarterback by a landslide, I think they were going with Pickett regardless. I think they wanted the media to kind of think. And that's what's big now. Like, you notice a lot of GMs are just blowing smoke up mirrors, you know, mm-hmm. saying they like this person. They really hate that person. The Giants apparently – said that Kayvon Thibodeau had a terrible interview and yet he was like number one on their big board. So um, I think the Steelers wanted to make it seem like they, they liked a couple of the quarterbacks in the same way. I think Pickett was probably their number one guy. Yeah. Uh, he, he makes sense for them, to be honest with you. You look at their offense, he just kind of fits in with them. Not saying Willis doesn't, but Pickett with his age and a lot of his experience starting in college football, I don't think they want to draft a quarterback that I think Willis is more of a project. I think you already know what you're getting with Pickett, right? I I mean, I just think he fits Pittsburgh. He's he's literally playing on that field for four or five years in college or six, however long he was there. Yes. <laughs> four or five years, six. How many years was he there? Um you know, I'm actually going to agree with you on this one, Ben. I think that it says says all. I mean, think about it. Teams basically had had over two cha- – most teams had over two chances to draft Malik Willis, and he didn't end up going until the, until the third round. I think back to what me and you said in the entire pre-draft process. I mean, even back to before the season started when we kind of talked about quarterback pieces. You know, I think that Malik, I said Malik Willis, I thought would be a great second round pick. I said, I thought that, you know, at best, he'd be a lesser version of Lamar Jackson. And, you know, I think the teams viewed it the same way as he's a project and still needs a lot of help. I think all the talents there, but he's got to be able to put it all together. I think Tennessee was a good landing spot for him. But at the same time, I thought Kenny Pickett got the best landing spot for himself, too. And I think he was the best fit for the Steelers. I mean, the Steelers do have Mitch Trubisky. Mason Rudolph is probably one of the worst players I've ever seen continually get chances at playing quarterback in the NFL and NFL games consistently. I mean, it's pathetic that he still gets to run out there and play quarterback. But 
I think Pickett's the right pick here. I think Pickett is the most NFL ready. Like you said, he's older, he's mature. I think that Joe Burrow helped pay the path for him to get drafted here. Cause you know, they said the same thing about Burrow that he was a older guy, you know, and kind of that the teams are a little worried about that. You know, they like those younger guys with all the upside and Burrow seemed to do just fine, making it to a Super Bowl in his second year off a big injury. But yeah, you know, in my opinion, Pickett is a lot like Teddy Bridgewater. I don't just make that comparison because they both wear two gloves because they're kind of athletic. You know, they can make some decent arm plays, but they're not really going to wow you with being able to throw all over the field. I think Pickett has good weapons around him that he can get the ball to. They even drafted George Pickens for him to give him another playmaker on the edge to go along with Deontay Johnson and um, Chase Claypool and uh, Najee Harris and whatnot. So, you know, I think Pickett's in a decent situation. He's in a decent spot. Like you said, he's familiar with everything, the weather and stuff, Heinz Field. So let's be honest, Heinz Field, once it gets to be about no November, they're playing on a field full of mud that just gets painted green to look it look like it's grass. So I think that's big that he knows how to play on the field too. But yeah, ultimately I think it was the right pick for the Steelers. And I think, I mean, I don't, I probably wouldn't have taken any of these quarterbacks in the first round, but at the same time, if you're the Steelers, I mean, that was really your biggest need. The risky better come to training camp, better to play. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Better and if anything, play. if anything, I think that makes the QB competition better. You know, that you have three guys in there. They're competition's good. Off. People that shy away from competition, you don't want on your team. Mm-hmm, 100%. Anything to make practice more competitive, I think, is good. Um, let's keep things rolling, though. Let's talk about en- about the trade. So, obviously, we had Hold two on. big... You want to, you want, I'd have a quarterback topic real quick. Okay. What are your... Just quick thoughts. What are your thoughts on Tannehill's comment? Um... There's a lot of different ways you can look at it, but, you know, I think what you said, which you may really hit home at the same time, it's not really Tannehill's responsibility to sit there and nurture this guy behind him. You know, at the end of the day, if you're Ryan Tannehill, you've seen the how, you know, the NFL can work at quarterback. You were the starter in Miami. You couldn't stay healthy. You lost your job. You know, you came into Tennessee and you competed your ass off every single day and beat out Mariota for your job. The way he looks at it is that he underperformed on a team that performed well in the playoffs. And now, you know, it's his turn to perform and make it look like he wants to stay in there. Yeah, obviously he's not going to be like negative towards Willis. You know what I mean? But he's not going to sit there and, you know, help him. He's trying to compete with him to get a job. So, you know, it's, I think it's one of those things where he's not going to be like negative and be a distraction, but at the same time, he's saying that, you know, I'm not going to sit here and hold his hand. His two most recent memories as a Tennessee Titan are losing a playoff game. That's directly his fault that he and everyone in the organization knows it. And the team drafting a quarterback. Why would he have a positive outlook on it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't think it's his responsibility to, um, mentor someone. I think it's the nice thing to do. I think it's the team winning attitude thing to do, but that doesn't mean you have to do it. I don't, I, I think he, I think it's taken out of context too. Is he, if Malik Willis is in the film room asking Tannehill a question, is he really not going to answer it? No. I mean, let's be <laughs> realistic. He's, he's going to answer it. He's all, he's just gonna, he's not going to give up first team reps to Malik Willis like if the team wants him to do that he's going to say no he's the starting quarterback of this team and I told you this Malik or Ryan Tannehill's cap hit next year is very high he probably realizes that his contract is outplaying his performances on the field he's getting paid a decent amount of money they should have won a playoff game last year it, it was directly his fault yep um yeah I mean he's he's not stupid he probably knows if he doesn't have a great year this is his last year and he's moving on so you know, it is what it is. He'll be fine. It, I don't think it'll be a distraction. 
Yeah, he, no, also, I, he also texted or called Malik Willis congratulating him. So it's like it, it, no one, no one in the media is mentioning that. If he really wanted to be an asshole, he wouldn't have said anything. No, 100%. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, I agree with you. It was completely taken out of context, but I kind of like it, though, from Tannehill. You know, he's looking at it as this guy's coming to take my job. Like, I'm not going to be a dick to him, but I'm also and not going to give Malik him my rest. Should, should have. Yeah, Malik Willis should go in there trying to get his job. Exactly. I think that's the best thing possible for camp. Anyway, though, Ben, we saw two huge trades. One of them, I think, was I, – I think that they're a team that we just talked about, the Tennessee Titans, were a clear loser of. But let's talk about who – between these two trades, which team you think got better. The Eagles shook up the first round of the NFL draft. They made it a blockbuster trade up. They already traded up once. They acquired A.J. Brown from the Titans for the 18th overall pick and the, 110, and the 101st pick. And then also the Baltimore Ravens sent Hollywood Brown to the Arizona Cardinals for the number 23 overall pick, and they also sent a third-round pick alongside of Hollywood Brown. Ultimately, Ben, based off these trades, I think it's pretty obvious that the Eagles were a winning team, but let's talk about these trades here a little bit. Let's start with the Eagles one. Um, First of all, I mean, I think Tennessee is the absolute loser of this trade. Tennessee, in my opinion, like, look, I get it. You didn't want to break out the pocketbook and pay A.J. Brown, but first of all, I think Traylon Burks is a beast, is a beast. Like, I think he was, like, I even said on the podcast that I thought that he might actually end up being the best wide receiver out of all these guys, but I didn't want to pick him to be. Um, with all that being said, though. Did you see his player comp? What was it, A.J. Brown? It was A.J. Brown. <laughs> that was who I comped him as on the podcast. Just even funnier, they got traded for each other. But look. I thought it was dumb. You're, so if you're Tennessee, you're going to pay all your money to a running back who's coming back now off his first major injury. We've seen with running backs, once they get hurt, they usually don't. And you're going to send out a wide receiver who me and you rave about how he is probably a top five wide receiver and just needs to stay healthy, and he will. I mean, which position do you have a more likely chance to stay healthy at? I mean, I feel like it's a no-brainer here. And on the flip side of things for the Eagles, one thing that I talked about a lot was that I felt like that Jalen Hurts, you know, a lot of routes in the NFL are timing routes, and Jalen Hurts is throwing to Quez Watkins, um Devonta Smith and I can't remember who their third wide receiver is all those Rager. yeah Jalen Rager who combined to be the shortest receiving core in the NFL well now him as a short quarterback has a big target to throw the ball to I think the Eagles were uh, in my opinion the Eagles got the best of any team on the, on the entire draft night the fact they got Jordan Davis in there as well I mean the Eagles if I was grading they would get an A plus they they destroyed this draft. I mean they were unbelievable this draft first mm-hmm. of all you get Jordan Davis who uh, if I'm remembering correctly, I ranked him as yep. number, one. number one defensive player. Um, you're pairing him up with Fletcher Cox in the middle. And then you have, uh, what's his name on the outside? Jonathan, uh, not Jonathan, Joshua Sweat, Josh Sweat, right? Yeah, and Nick Barnett. And Nick Barnett. Their defensive line is scary. I mean, good luck blocking those guys. So how do you run the ball on the Eagles up the middle? You Fletcher Cox, Fletcher Cox is one of the best defensive tackles in the game and has been for a decade now you have jordan davis who there's just no doubt in my mind this guy's this guy's gonna plug up holes in the middle and just be a, a run enforcer so and then you get an unbelievable trade they gave up nothing to get aj brown and not to mention aj brown and jalen hurts are like best friends by the way really when, i did not know that part when aj brown was drafted jalen hurts was in mississippi at his draft party they're like they're like the best of friends. Wow, um, I did not know that. That makes it even that makes me like it even more if that was possible. Then you already have the Jalen Devontae Smith connection, who were at Bama for multiple years together. So it's like, uh, yeah. And Devontae Smith should be smiling. Devontae Smith was a first round pick that is no longer gonna be double teamed 
or can't really be double teamed because AJ Brown's going to get in double teamed, which frees up Devontae Smith, who honestly had a very good rookie season. So, listen, I think the Eagles do. I think their offense, it's very speedy, uh, very quick. It's just all in Jalen Hurts now. I, I, as much as I love the guy, and I absolutely love Jalen Hurts, he will forever be one of my favorite college athletes. I don't, I don't know how great he is throwing the football. Can he move the move the ball down the field? Because they're not going to be a run. They're not just going to be a run powered offense this year, like they tried to be last year at the end of the year when it was succeeding. You got AJ Brown now. You got to throw the ball, right? So they they should be balanced. It's just can Jalen Hurts make the big third down throws, right? We'll see. I, I believe in the kid. I, he's the definition of a winner, the perfect mindset. Uh, he's the perfect leader to have. It's just can he execute it now? Lamar, has, if we're being honest, Lamar has figured out how to execute it. The Ravens under Lamar Jackson scored the most points per game in the NFL. He's figured it out. Mm-hmm. Can Jalen Hurts and the Eagles figure it out? Um, I actually think they can, Ben, kind of back to the reason I said, but also, too, you know, it's one thing that we've continuously talked about through this entire offseason is how weak the NFC is. And when I look at it, especially that division, the Eagles might stack up as the second best team in the entire NFC. Dallas got worse. You know, I mean, they watched, they got rid of Amari Cooper. I mean, Amari Cooper is one of the top receivers in the league. Gallup's going to be coming back off an ACL. They basically have one wide receiver at this point. So, no, I think, it, I think that division's wide open. I think the NFC is wide open. Tight end. Yeah, they definitely – yeah, I mean, Schultz is pretty good. Schultz is pretty good. Yeah, he's definitely pretty good. Um, But, you know, ultimately the way I look at it, Ben, is I think the Eagles – I wouldn't be shocked to see the Eagles be the second and third best record in the NFC. Now, I don't personally don't believe in Jalen Hurts as a playoff QB, but I think he can be a good regular season QB. So, I think things played out well there. Let's talk about the other trade, though, here real quick. Obviously, the Hollywood Brown one. Look, I'm going to say they this got, for the, they got the same. They got the same trade that A.J. Brown got. How is that possible? Well, kind of. I mean, I guess they did have to give up a third round pick along with Hollywood Brown to send him over there and got a first round pick back. But the way you look at it, the way I look at it is getting the exact same return on Hollywood Brown you got for him is a damn good return. But at the same time, I don't know who's going to be catching passes for Baltimore next year. I mean, they clearly lack dynamic playmakers. I mean, obviously, Mark Andrews is a beast. By the way, Mark Andrews has got to be, I might even take him in the first round at this point in fantasy. I mean, with how much he's going to get the ball from Lamar. But Lamar Jackson's in a contract year. He's not being put in a position. Top three? Top three or top four tight end for you? It's tough. That's tough. I'll give him top three. Kelsey Waller? Yeah, and then I'd like to put – I feel like we're forgetting somebody, but Kyle Pitts as well is in the I'd say is like number five. But um, yeah, you know the way I look at it here is that the Ravens they might have killed every position, but they still have anybody to catch the freaking ball. They need to get Antonio Brown and Jarvis Landry on the phone and bring those two guys in. Or do they need to do something to the wide receiver for me to change my grade on him? But I think that people are overrating the fact that they solved the same problem and don't have any receivers to catch the ball. On the flip side of things for Arizona. Saw New Hopkins yesterday get a six-game PED suspension. So I think bringing in Hollywood Brown was the right move because as we've seen, Kyler Murray, once he gets hurt, he drops off. So they got to get out to a hot start if they want to make the playoffs. And adding him, I think, should allow them to do that. And they re-signed A.J. Green to that one-year deal. He looks Um, done, though. Yeah, but, I mean, he's still better. I mean, if he's like your third or fourth receiver, it's better than – Yeah. Certainly better than most options. Uh, I mean, you hit the nail on the head for the Ravens. I don't need to add to – the lack of receiving court that they have. Obviously, they're expecting Rashad Bateman to take off. Um, I don't know. I think they'll get someone. I, I They're not going to go into the season looking like this, I don't think. I do want to highlight the Ravens' draft. I would also give them an A+. I think they, uh, I think they were unbelievable in the draft. They got Kyle Hamilton, who I think is one of the best players in this draft, 
at 14. They got Kyle Hamilton at 14. Then they get Tyler Linderbaum, who his only weakness is that he literally can't play another position on the offensive line, that he's just the center. Okay. He was rated as the number one center and going to the NFL draft. So is that really a negative? And then they get David Abaji from Michigan, who is probably going to be redshirted. The Ravens on the defensive line just produce players. So I have no doubt in my mind once this guy comes back from an injury, he's just going to fit right in with the Ravens scheme. I think they were unbelievable in this draft. I, I just, it's what they do. The Ravens draft really, really well. Yeah, and that's why I was thinking about this too earlier. I can't remember the last time the Ravens just really like shit the bed. Obviously, they missed the playoffs a few times, Joe Flacco, but I can't remember the last time they were like picking like top five. You know what I mean? It's because it doesn't happen because they always pick well, and that's why they never drop off. Um, well, and Harbaugh, Harbaugh is just such a good coach. I mean, he's, he should have a lifetime contract. No, I'm definitely with you on that. Um, Let's keep things rolling, though, here, Ben. Let's talk about um, the teams that everyone wants to give the A-plus grades to here. That's the Jets, Lions, and Giants. Um, Let's let's talk here, man. Who who out of them do we think had the best draft class? So for the Giants here, the Giants' first picks in the draft, they went with Kayvon Thibodeau at five. Number seven, they went with Evan Neal. They got uh, Wandale Robinson from Kentucky. see anybody any other notables they, i mean they drafted a lot of decent guys after that nobody like too notable worth us mentioning here by name but i mean the fact that they went that they literally got like offensive linemen one and they got defensive end i mean in my opinion defensive end one i had him ahead of uh hutchinson then from the flip side of things we have the jets get maybe the best corner we've seen come out in a long time and sauce Gardner since Jalen Ramsey. Um, they get Garrett Wilson, who, I mean, me and you had him in uh, London is one and two for wide receiver. And they get Jermaine Johnson defensive end three from Florida state. On top of that, they get Brees Hall, who's by far the best running back in the second round. They get Jeremy Ruckett, Ruckert, Ohio state tight end. I mean, the list is a really good blocker. Really good blocker. Oh, yeah. The list just goes on and on of great players that they got in this draft. Um, Then, last but not least, we have the Lions, who also had three first-round picks. And for the Lions in this draft class, they went Aiden Hutchinson one. Number two, they got Jamison Williams within the first round of the 12th pick, who, I mean, probably would have gone number one out of all the wide receivers if he didn't get hurt. They got uh, Josh Paschal from Kentucky and Edge, Kirby Joseph from Illinois, and a lot of other decent guys. Ben, out of these three teams, who do you think had the best draft class? The Jets. <laughs> the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. They, they dominated this draft. Um, but I'll talk about each, all, all three teams. So I'll start with Giants. I'll go in the order that you said. The Giants getting Thibodeau, who I also had, um, if we're talking just defensive rankings, I had him fourth. He was tied with Aiden Hutchinson at four for me. Um and then, they, so they pair him up with Aziz Ojolari from Georgia, who was really good as rookie year for the Giants. And then they pair Evan Neal with Andrew Thomas, who struggled in the beginning of his rookie year, and then by the end of it was, you couldn't get a sack off him. So they have two mammoths playing tackles for them. They better, Daniel Jones just, he, at this point, he's, he's excuseless. He doesn't have an excuse. They're going to figure out. He didn't get his fifth year picked up. If he doesn't have a good year, they're moving on. And next year's a perfect year to move on from if you really want to go a young quarterback. If not, they'll spend some money in free agency, right? I think the Giants had a really good draft. I'm interested to see on the Wondell Robinson pick because they did draft Kadarius Tony. 
basically the same player, except he's even better, Kadarius Tony is, but Kadarius Tony's having some off the season, off the field issues already after his rookie year. He like didn't show up to camp. So maybe they're just replacing him. Um, I, I talk about that position all the time. That position's insanely popular in the NFL now. These guys were not first round picks years ago. You know, like Jalen Waddle went the first round. Rondell Moore was a very popular pick. I think he went second round, Rondell Moore, maybe third. But um, that joystick that Tyreek Hill um, just popularized in the NFL so that it helps out the small guys now. I'll go to I think, the Jets. I think, though, that it also has to do – yeah, just real quick. I think it also, though, has to do with, you know, the fact of how the penalties and stuff work, and it's much more of an offensive-driven league now. You know, I feel like teams are the much more likely to the get – catch, and these guys are the kings at it. I mean, yeah. they're, they're so small and twitchy and quick that you can't catch up to them. And I, I don't know if you need two guys that are the same with Kadarius Tony and, and Rondell Robinson, but I guess the more the merrier. Um thoughts on the Jets and then we'll move, or Giants and then we'll move on to the Jets yeah I think the Giants actually had the best drafted of all these guys yeah. and my main reason being is because that I think that not only did they get the best offensive lineman they get the best overall defensive end and I just think adding those two guys is huge you know like you look at this Giants team they already had a pretty decent defense now the fact you plug in their Kayvon Thibodeau and just the fact you get Evan Neal in there as well you know you get Daniel Jones all the pieces he needs and let's put it this way you have and another Saquon Exactly. And you have another shitty season, you know, well, look, you've already built the building blocks to bring in CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony AR 15, as they call him, Anthony Richardson, one of these top guys, you know, and build off that. So that's why I give the Giants the number one spot. That's a terrible nickname, by the way. (laughs) I think it's because we're both Florida haters. We don't like it. You shouldn't be named after an assault rifle. (laughs) (laughs) That is just, that is what it is. I mean, obviously it's his initials. And it sounds cool, but like, I don't know. I just, you shouldn't be named after an assault rifle as a nickname, but whatever. Uh, the Jets, I mean, the Jets got so as highly, in, and obviously this was a Bama player, but um, I was legitimately, if you could be in love with a football player, I, it was this guy. There, there's two defensive players that I saw at Alabama that I was legitimately in love with. One of them was Minka Fat, Minka. Minka Fitzpatrick, one of the best players I am ever going to see in person. It flat out, the dude was a stud. Patrick Sertain was unbelievable at Alabama. I think Sauce Gardner could be just as good. And Pat Sertain was great his rookie season, um, being a corner in the NFL, which is so hard. Sauce Gardner is going to be incredible. I, I just think everything about him speaks that he's incredible. His charisma is perfect for New York. Um, I think he's great. They got cornerback number one. Garrett Wilson, I had him as the second best wide receiver, but he might be my favorite. Um, just just so smooth with it. Um, a lot of big games and a lot of big stages uh, in college football that helps to play in New York. And then Jeremy, Jermaine Johnson, the second at 26. I mean, that was ridiculous. He was, he was number 10 in the def- – uh, I'm sorry, he was number – uh, nine or ten in my defensive player rankings in this draft, uh, and then you mentioned Brees Hall. He Brees Hall was number eight in my offensive yeah. weapons as my as my number one running back. They dominated my favorite players in this draft. It, it's good to see the Jets come back to life. Yeah, no, I thought the Jets did a great job as well. Like you said, all those 
guys that they got were big impact guys. And ultimately, you know, I think they put guys around um, Zach Wilson to make him more, you know, to give him more of a chance to be successful. Like last year, you looked at the guys like, eh, they had mediocre weapons. Like at least they went ahead and added the big offensive tackle to protect him. His name's leaving me at the moment. Mackay, Mackay Becton. Yep, there we go, Becton. I think he got hurt like really early in the year. Yeah, he did get hurt. He actually was like the highest graded PFF tackle two weeks in a row, and then he got hurt like three weeks in a row or something like that. But, yeah, ultimately, I think they put Zach Wilson in a position to be successful. And, you know, I think Robert Sala got the right building pieces. He said that Sauce Gardner is the type of guy he needed on his defense, and they got Jets. The Jets just got better all across the board, which is all that matters. And also, too, with Jermaine Johnson, like I said, Jermaine Johnson, you know, he even said it about himself. He said, I'm the type of guy that when the moment gets bigger that I come to play. And from what I remember at Florida State, whenever I was like, damn, we need a big play somewhere in this game. Every single time I felt like we needed one, Jermaine Johnson was there. I think mostly back to the Notre Dame game or back to the Clemson game. The Clemson game specifically when he strip-sacked DJ Ugalele and we returned it for a touchdown when we couldn't do anything on offense. I just think back to those plays. I'm just like, damn, this is the guy right here. Also was on a Georgia team that got to learn from same defensive coordinator, same defensive line coach that a lot of those guys just went. So he's gathered a lot of experience and knowledge over the years. Mm-hmm. And if anything, that goes to show you why he was smart for getting out of there so he could go somewhere where we could see the field. Let's talk about the Lions. Um, the Lions have now gotten in trouble back-to-back years with rushing their cards at stage, which I think is the dumbest thing in the world. Um, listen, it was so obvious we – Wait, Ben, we can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Um, they picked the hometown kid. Aiden Hutchinson, this kid's going to love playing at home. His family's going to be at literally every single game. Um, I mean, you can't hate on the pick. He was obviously going one, two, or three in this draft. Why would you not want him to go play for the hometown uh, in Detroit? So I think that's great. And then getting Jameson Williams – is I think is huge. I texted you today. The Lions might have a sneaky offense this year. It's not bad mm-hmm. at all. Chark has had at least one good year in Jacksonville. I think two. Um, it, listen, if you can have a good year in Jacksonville, you can probably have a good year anywhere, right? Isn't that how it works? Yeah. Uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Swift has had a better start to his NFL career than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You can argue with that if you want. I, I think Swift is better. I thought Swift was better coming out of college. Same. But um, they have Hawkinson, who is a top tight end in the league, probably top eight tight end in the league. The tight ends are great in, in the NFL. Um, and Goff, like, listen, Goff is what he is, but he's got a lot of experience. If you give him weapons around him like he had – in Los Angeles, he can be productive, right? Um, he's not having Sean McVay call plays, but still, like, he can be fine. So it's like they have DJ Chark, they have Jameson Williams, they have Hawkinson, they have Swift. I feel like I'm missing one more wide receiver that they have. Umron St. Brown. Umron St. Brown, who actually might be their best weapon. So not not bad for the Lions. Yeah, Ben, you know, I completely agree with you there on that. We did a kick us. Well, anyway, guys, um, if it sounds kind of choppy at this part, um, Zoom just recently started a thing where that you can only have a 40-minute meeting if you only have the free version of Zoom. So me and Ben just used our 40 minutes, and now we're still going strong. But anyway, back to what we were talking about. We are talking about the Lions draft class. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought the Lions had a good draft class. I feel like they put weapons around Jared Goff, you know, to the point where he can be successful. And also, too, you know, they've built the path for this next draft class where they can finally move in and get their quarterback, which I think is huge. You know, we kind of talked about the Falcons, but it's the same thing here with the Lions. The Lions have been building, building, building all these blocks so they can go in ultimately and get this quarterback. They brought in Dan Campbell, who clearly established the that we're going to compete no matter what situation, no matter what our record is. We don't care. We're going to compete, compete, compete. And that's exactly what the Lions did this last year. I think that they've established the right culture. Now they brought in the right guys. They'll keep establishing the right culture. And ultimately, I think they've laid the pathwork to have a successful franchise next year. I am going to say this, though, about all these teams. Ben, how many times did we hear the Browns, the Jets, the Giants, the Lions have the best draft class? And I, feel, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you Not the like Jets. It? The Jets in the past we've not heard, I feel like. Fair, but like it feels like our whole life's – outside of lives outside of maybe a couple of years, these teams are the teams picking with the top picks in the draft every single year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, pretty much. So it'll definitely but be the jet. The jets do finally have a management who I feel like you can say they're competent. Like they, they know football. They, they actually have a direction they're moving towards that. I haven't been able to say in my life very often. Yeah, I agree with you. They really feel like they haven't had a path since they had Mark Sanchez playing QB for him. So definitely. I mean, think all those teams have terrible owners. Yeah, they do. Washington football team, the only team probably has a worse owner than those teams. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, Ben, let's get down to our final like topic, which is really a two-part topic. Let's talk about the first part of it here. There was a lot of wide receivers called in the first round. There's a lot called in the second round. Who do you think is going to end up being the best guy out of all of them? I know it's tough to pick one, but for the sake of the show, we're picking one. I'm going to go with Chris Olave. I think he's in an unbelievable spot to start his rookie year. Um, I mean, I know that you hate the team, but well, I mean, I hate him too. I just, you actively hate everything they do. Um, he's going to the Saints where Michael Thomas will be back, and he has a quarterback that throws a deep ball. Uh, James Winston throws the deep ball just as well as most quarterbacks in the league. Chris Olave's their speed. I mean, they have uh, Deontay Harris, um, who I'll shout out my boy, uh, Eric Silver. He was the first on the scene with Deontay Harris, signed him, um, and, and got him some got him some agency money and all that. So, I mean, I've been hearing about Deontay Harris for years now from my boy Eric. But other than that, Michael Thomas ain't going deep very often. Chris Olave is – as smooth of a route runner as anyone in this in this class. His hands are ridiculous. Very good at catching com, uh, contested balls. And uh, listen, I think Chris Olave is just in a great spot. Like Garrett Wilson, I think he's going to be pretty good based on his skills. I still need to see more from Zach Wilson. I know what I'm getting from James Wilson, James Winston. If you need a deep ball and you have a deep ball receiver, he can connect with you. Um, I think Burks could be good. I don't know how long Tannehill is going to be there. I don't know how well I trust Tannehill, right? Drake London, it's nothing against him. He's got Marcus Mariota throwing him the football. I don't think his ceiling is very high for his first couple of years, right? Um, so, the, I mean, those are I, I'm going to go with Chris Olave. I think Chris Olave could win. I, I think he's got a chance to finish pretty high in rookie of the year because I think the Saints are going to be a good football team. The Saints now have plenty of weapons that I think it opens the door more for uh, Alvin Kamara in the past game as well as the run game, Michael Thomas will be back. I, I think the Saints will I think the Saints will be good. 
Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was going to pick the exact same guy as much as it pains me to say and as much as I hate the Saints. But you know what? Because you picked him, I'm not going to waste my time saying good things about the Saints. Instead, I'll go Trelon Burks here just to be different. Okay. And look, I like. I almost went with Desha- De- uh, Jahan Dotson, but at the same time, Carson Wentz is just such a right. bum. You never know what you're going to get out of him. But the way I look at it here with Burks is – Burks, you know, he made – he really, I feel like, made K.J. Jefferson look good. K.J. Jefferson was not always throwing the ball in the most accurate spot. Burks was just going to get it. I think he did the exact same thing with Tannehill. I mean, we referenced it earlier. His exact comparison is A.J. Brown. I think him and Tannehill can have that exact same connection. I mean, Tannehill is going to need to, is going to need to have a big year, and he's going to need Burks to be the guy to help him out here as the Titans continue to build and move forward here. I think Trelon Burks is going to end up being the best wide receiver out of all these guys, and I think he's going to have the best rookie year. Um, with all that being said, I probably will place flyers on Burks and Olave to win rookie of the year. They're both going to be pretty good odds for both those guys. Um, other part too, Ben, about the of the draft class, we didn't see the Packers or obviously they did later. The Chiefs draft wide receivers in the first round. Obviously, the Chiefs took Sky Moore in the second round. The Packers, who the Packers take? Uh, Christian Watson. That's right. That's right. They took him in the second or third round, but second, second pick in the second round. But from what I read and heard is that both these teams are trying to actively move up and get these wide receivers. Just as teams wanted so much to move up. Like look how much the saints gave up to end up moving up and taking a lobby. Teams are asking so much of these teams to get it and move up. They just decided it wasn't worth it. And I mean, when you look at both these teams, these teams needed a lot. The Packers definitely needed defensive guys. They need offensive line. You know, the Packers needed a lot of positions to continue to make the football team better. Same thing with Kansas City. I mean, we watched Gabriel Davis burn them for like three, 200 yards. We watched Stephon Diggs burn them for 100 yards. We watched them not be able to stop Jamar Chase and company in week uh, six, 17 and in the NFC, AFC championship game. They needed a stopper. And I think that's what they got by drafting a corner here in this draft. Ultimately, I thought these teams made the right decision not trading up and not trading all these picks and capital to get these wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, they're, well, the class is this deep. I, I mean, look, you got Sky Moore at 22. He was a very highly talented guy by a lot of scouts. So, um, I, listen, I think they both got good receivers, and it's not shocking. The Packers haven't picked a first-round receiver or really a first-round weapon in forever. So, um, <clears throat> I the thing with the Packers is, like, what do you think the Packers' issue is? I think I outside of I think outside of Aaron Jones, they don't really have wide receivers. I'm saying even last year, or in any years past, they've lost in the playoffs at home multiple years, and they've had Devontae Adams. <laughs> what do you think the issue is? I think they need more offense. Their defense, their defense last year was good. Undeniably, their defense was good last year. They couldn't score. They could. I don't know why, but Devonta Adams in 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 some playoff games just they couldn't get him the ball. I don't know. He was triple teams. Rogers would have to force it to get it to him. I feel like them letting Devonta Adams go, and maybe they had to because of cap. I I don't. I forget the whole situation. Maybe they couldn't pay him what he thought he was worth. Maybe he wanted out. I I, I don't remember how the situation unfolded. I feel like they let the best receiver in football go and. They didn't really replace him. Did their offense really get better? I I feel like they couldn't score in playoff games last year, and their offense got worse. So how – did the Packers really get better as a team? I I don't know what my outlook is on the Packers, right? Like, 
they lost one of their best linebackers in Devondre Campbell last year. They drafted some this year. Are those guys really going to be as good? I, I feel like the Packers got worse this offseason. Now, I think that's obvious to say, losing a guy like Devontae Adams, but they didn't even try to replace him. Maybe they bring in OBJ. No, I'm with, I'm with you completely on this, and I don't think the Packers really tried to get I, – I do I do agree with you on that. First, like, so part of what I, what I think is, you know, like, in the regular season, you're not going to see a team's best shot necessarily, you know. It's just like kind of what I was saying with some of these teams and some of these matchups, like Kansas City losing to Buffalo, you know. It's kind of like whatever. You can be this in the regular season. We'll see you all in the playoffs, and we'll see what's really good then, you know. Like, I feel like the Devontae Adams, these teams kind of had, you know, some secret sauce to make them throw the ball to other people besides Devontae Adams. They didn't really pull it out on him until the playoffs. And we saw in the playoffs, I didn't end up working out with them. But I agree with you, man. I feel like you – like when the Packers had multiple wide receivers – they could make plays. I feel like that was when they were at their best, you know, and Aaron Rodgers really hasn't had that the last couple of years. I mean, I don't think Lazard is a bad receiver. I don't think Bantless Scantling is a bad receiver. But they also had Devontae Adams. They could play off his shadow, right? Are you going to play off Christian Watson's shadow? Is that is that a thing? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. And also, we know Aaron Rodgers. He's admitted to this. He doesn't just throw you the ball. Like, you have to earn his trust. So, Christian Watson better have an unbelievable training camp and better be sleeping over in Aaron Rodgers' house or camping. Maybe put a tent. If he won't let you inside the house, maybe put a tent in his front yard and, and wake him up at 8 a.m. To, to throw around. Like, I, I don't – listen, Rodgers will figure it out. Rodgers is a back-to-back MVP winner. He's one of the best quarterbacks that the league has. But he's admitted that he, you have to earn his trust. So going into weeks one, two, and three, his wide receiver one, based on trust, is Alan Lazard and his tight end, Robert Tunya, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I don't, I don't know, if, I don't know if that's like Super Bowl contender when their offense has been the issue in big games. So I don't know. I think the Packers are still a really good football team. Um, listen, as long as you got twelve at quarterback, I know that he's made mistakes. In, in big games in the playoffs before, but as long as you got him at quarterback, I mean, listen, realistically speaking, he could win back-to-back-to-back MVPs. He's that talented. I mean, if he, if he leads the league. Devonta Adams. Yeah, I mean, if he leads the league in pass yards and whatnot again this year, he's definitely going to win MVP again. But didn't Brady do it last year, or was it two years ago? Maybe two years ago. But still, though, if he puts up numbers like he did this year with these guys, he's definitely going to win it. It's hard to do without Devontae Adams. I'm just – I don't know. I don't think they got better in any way. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely on that one. Um, anything else we're missing today, Ben? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't really think we're missing anything either. Well, anyway, once again, guys, we appreciate everyone who tuned in. Ben, I appreciate you coming on once again, talking some football with me. Um, in about a dreadful season. Oh, yeah, in a couple months here, it's May, guys, June, July, August. We're going to start doing previews of college football and NFL. Come not too long after that, guys. We're going to be breaking down picks and everything. So things are getting good over here, guys. But once again, we appreciate everyone who tuned in, and we'll talk to you all once again soon.